All right. Stoochcast uh, 101, protector of the yins. It's your boy. Host with the most, Andy Stoochel. Uh, this one's going to be mostly sports related, pretty much sports related, because a lot to talk about. Um, the Steelers won big last night. Needed that. But the, dude, the Bengals are, they just look bad. Jeez, it's like, because the Steelers have looked rough. I could, I could just imagine how bad the Bengals are. The Bengals are just the Bengals, the Bungles, as they say. But, um, yeah, just, the Steelers just have their number. Like how New England just has our number. You know, it's just intangible things like that come into play every time those two teams play each other. And I think the weird thing about the Steelers winning this and going one and three is I believe if they beat Baltimore at home Sunday and if the Browns lose their next game, would the Steelers then be first in the division? Is that all that works? Who the Browns play? Browns. Maybe the Browns have a bye. I don't know. I'll have to see who they play. They play Monday night against the 49ers at 49ers. Yeah, that's no gimme. Does it say 10-7? Yeah, that's no gimme. Uh, Garoppolo's good. And, um, you know, big from the uh, AFC North going out to those West Coast games. Definitely a challenge. So, <laughs> two weeks, you see the Steelers going from last in the division to first. Potentially, but Baltimore, I don't know. They've I know they've lost two in a row, but they just look. Uh, Baltimore looks like they should be able to take it, but again, it's Baltimore rivalry game. Steelers usually Steelers and uh, Ravens usually split one to one. So, and I just hate the Ravens. You, you love to hate them, but that's going to be a physical game. It's going to be, it'll be like 13-10, 17-16, something like that. There'll be something at the end. It's always like that. It's going to be a defensive game. And uh, speaking of defense, the Steelers finally showed up on defense last night. I believe they only allowed, let me see here. Oh, what do they got here? Box score. Do, 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 do. One, ESPN. All right, game summary. Sweet. Why did you, you have game summary from last year? Now we need the new one. What the fuck? That's the first results or games from last year. Steelers versus Bengals. ESPN. Where's the box score, dogs? Uh, this is unprepared. This is unprepared. Doop doop boop 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 boop. Come on. Alright. Yeah, big win. Twenty seven to three. I oh, know I gotta pause this. It's gonna start. Mason Rudolph, big game. Twenty-four for twenty-eight. Two hundred and twenty-nine yards, two touchdowns. Hundred and twenty-four point six passer rating. 
you like to see that. Samuels was throwing a couple balls. Looked nice. Uh, the run game, only 25 carries, 66 yards total. But Connor got on a bit. 10 carries, 42 yards. Um, Connor did a good job as a receiver. Eight catches, 83 yards. Had a touchdown. Deontay Johnson had a big game. Juju, three catches, 15 yards. He's going to have to improve his guy, you know, long term. But they looked good. Throwing the ball, running the ball, still needs work on. Although the defense went in and just killed it. Andy Dalton, I would have just been like, I'm done after that. Because I don't think the Bengals had either of their starting tackles, left or right. And he just got pounded, like eight sacks. That's just, ugh, no mercy. No mercy at all, and this won't load. I'm trying to scroll down. Yep, eight sacks. Eight sacks and nine tackles for loss. Devin Bush had a sack. Hayward, two and a half sacks. What the fuck? Shut up. All right. Yeah, but Dupree even had a sack. Mark Barrett, 11 tackles, 8 solo. Devin Bush, 9 tackles, 7 solo. You like to see that. 12 QB hits. TJ Watt, a sack and a half. Hargrave, a sack. Ulahu, Lalu had a sack. It was just sack city. Andy Dalton fumbled twice, lost one. TJ Watt with the recovery. And he threw... An interception to Mark Barron. Mark Barron had a big game. He was bad last week and did the, just totally upped his play. But yeah, that was just a classic ass kicking. Uh, twenty-seven to three. I believe the Steelers, in terms of total yards, I thought it was like one hundred seventy-three. Like the sack. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's like 171 yards because he got sacked for 69 yards, and that push that brings you back, right? So 102 plus so, I don't know something like that. I've read there was like some stat that they were showing that it was the least amount of yards the Steelers defense has allowed since like 2011. I read that somewhere. It was on Twitter. Maybe it got deleted, but I'm gonna say it like it's fact because this is um, you know, this is a post-truth era, and this is after all. An entertainment podcast, first and foremost, funny. Well, it's supposed to be funny, but I don't think any of this has been funny. But, you know, you get the drift. <laughs> yeah, back in 2011. So it was the last time the Steelers allowed, like, had allowed, like, uh, what, a lower amount of yards, if that makes sense. That was back when they had, like, what, Troy, Casey Hampton, Ike Taylor, James Ferrier. Aaron Smith, James Harrison, Lamar Will, all those guys. Jeez. Come and gone. It's crazy. But Rudolph had a nice game, going back to that. Um, yeah, to beat the Ravens, that's just going to be a physical game. You're going to need the defense there. They're going to have to establish some kind of run. Because uh, Baltimore's going to be throwing all those guys at Mason. That's going to be a good test for him. If Mason can go in there and play, if Mason can play good against Baltimore and have a good game and keep his composure. That makes me hopeful. So that'll be a real like good test there for him. 
and you know we'll see see where it goes from there but uh, yeah so that's the uh, Steelers recap and then we have your Pittsburgh Pirates finished this season 69 and 93 how sweet it is they fired Hurdle right before the game Sunday and it was Steve Blass's last broadcast and he was with the team like 60 years kind of made it a bit sour just give Blass the, I, don't, I don't know understand why they they just canned him before that game would you just give him the game just one last time and then Monday you just say yeah you're gonna have to go I think Sierra is gonna go too but the Pirates are just again just poorly run although I will say this whenever they had that trade with Archer at the time as a fan I liked it it just worked out so horribly that it's like now it's they won't make trades like that. <laughs> because before that, it's just, the, you know, Pirate fans wanted to trade prospects to try to bring a guy in and improve the team, but that clearly didn't work. You got to consider that. But, yeah, Austin Meadows is a beast. Glass now is very good. And then probably some other dudes, like, killing it too for that trade. It just, Archer just hasn't been very good at all. That's infamous at this point that guys like Garrett Cole had like 300 strikeouts this year and Charlie Morton's a beast too he had like 240 strikeouts like in 200 innings like out of nowhere so Garrett Cole's probably gonna win the Cy Young and then Charlie Morton might be like top 10 for that 300 strikeouts you know how crazy that is 300 strikeouts and it sees that's like when did those guys become you know Charlie Morton Garrett Cole they became like Kurt Schilling and Gary Johnson. Like, how did that happen? Like, we could have used those guys because the pitching for the Pirates this year sucked. If they would have had, like, imagine having Charlie Morton and Garrett Cole on the team playing like that. They would have had, like, 95 wins. They would have had 95 wins. Easy. Or whatever the war. They would have had, like, 90 wins. Something like that. But, um, yeah, the Pirates just collapsed in the second half because they were in it. But, um, you know... They do have some hope. Uh, Josh Bell was a beast. 37 home runs, 160 RBIs. He kind of slowed down towards the second half, but everybody did. But still, that's impressive. Hit for power, get on base, have a good average. You need somebody like that. Frazier wasn't bad, 278. Kevin Newman was good, batted 308, shortstop. He's only 25. Colin Moran batted 277, 13 numbers, 80 RBIs for Moran. That's good. Brian Reynolds, he's 24, my age, oh boy. 16 home runs, 37 doubles, 16 home runs. Batted 314, 880 OPS. Morte, solid year. Melky Cabrera, yeah. Off the bench, you got guys that could hit. Man, that, like just their pit, their pitching just wasn't wasn't there for that team. The best starter was uh, Musgrove. He had 170 innings pitched at a 4.44 ERA. Everybody else on the staff had like an ERA in the five. So yeah, they really could have used some help. Bullpen was eh. Well, Vasquez is gone <laughs> for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, I don't know where you take the. I don't know where the team goes from here. It, it's like I'm looking at them. They have some solid pieces, especially offensively. They got some good young guys. Like, I don't know who's get, who's scheduled to be a free agent, what have you, but um, it's the core of that team's pretty young. 
and like everyone in there is in their mid twenties and uh, offensively, and it's just they just need to find some better pitch. And they had it. They had guys like that. They had guys like J. A. Happ, who was a beast this year, and like Glass now had a solid start until he got hurt. But Talion got hurt, I believed early on, and that just yeah, you know, it's like it's just a domino effect from there. I, I yeah, I saw Dejon like wrote an article about how nothing should sell the team or somebody should step up and try to buy them, and it's just um, I just don't see it. Ha- I mean, I really don't see it happening unless it's just there's really like a there's really like an effort from like the billionaire from the from the like uh, David Tepper. David Tepper went to CMU. He's worth like twenty billion or something like that. Yeah, he has a school named after him. Maybe you know, he could pitch it some, but it's unless you get like the billionaires related to Pittsburgh all come to get like the event the Avenger billionaires of Pittsburgh come together to buy the Pirates and like literally offer like probably like four billion for the team when it's worth like what how much are the Pirates worth on Forbes? Uh <sighs> Yeah. Pirates worth one point three billion. Yeah, they'd probably have to offer something like two, three billion for the team for nothing to go. Okay, and I just don't see like those guys are those guys are all businessmen. They're gonna make a decision that makes the most sense. That's just what they're gonna do. And um, yeah, I love the Pirates though. I really do deep down. Like I haven't really watched that many games this year, but it's just like in my heart. I went to a few. It's just in my heart and my gut. It's such a great ballpark. Such a great brand. Like, a, le- literally, legendary franchise. They've been around since, like, what? 1887-something? They've been around a long-ass time. Guys like Honus Wagner, Clemente, Stargell, you name You know, Maz, you name it. Barry Bonds. I mean, it's just great history. And, uh... It's just uh, the past um, past 40 years have been rough on the team. Some uh, bright spots, but not many. A lot of L's. Stop being a Pirate fan. It's like being a Browns fan. But, um, yeah, and the uh, last thing we got are the Penguins. They start very soon. I believe Thursday they have like a against Buffalo the Sabers. They have a three-game homestand. Look, I to be honest, I do not know much about hockey, but I was just looking at the lineups they had. They switched out a lot of guys. Especially, isn't it in hockey? I don't know. Email me this if you actually listen to this and know hockey. Sincerely, if you listen to this and know hockey, email me this. Isn't it like, basically the like the bottom two, uh, you know? lines and hockey for forwards isn't that pretty much like interchangeable like every year like it doesn't that isn't that kind of like a rotating thing because it's like i know crosby hornquist gunsel like that's uh and then you got malkin on the second line i remember when i think i believe the penguins used to just have three lines because they had jordan stahl there too and those all the three of those centers were just young and they were such studs that they could just carry the load now it's Crosby and Malkin are just a bit older, less playing to I don't really know what I'm talking, but it's like aren't the last two lines just for forwards just supposed to be like um just just supposed to be more physical and like defensive, isn't that kind of just the idea and where you and you want the scoring to be done 
uh, from your first two lines primarily. Isn't that how it works in hockey? So yeah, I was looking at the bottom two. I had no clue who those players were, and I didn't take the time to look them up. But Penguins should be good. I don't know if being a, like a big time Penguins fan, it's just yeah, much to complain about. Like it's just like they always go for it every year. They do the best that they can to like bring in talent and to have their teams be good. Like you're talking with between Crosby, Lemieux, Yager, Malkin. Like what are those? Like four of like the top twenty five hockey players of all time. I mean, at least with like. Crosby, Lemieux, Yager, that's gotta those guys gotta be top fifteen. Here. NHL points per game all time. That will settle it. It's gotta be on. Alright. Cause I know Mario's like second points per game. Like number one's Gretzky, then it's Mario. Crosby six. Yeah. Yeah, Malkin's like fourteenth. All time points per game. Like those guys are studs. You have Barry Lemieux. That's City. Barry Lemieux second all time points per game. Sidney Crosby sixth all time points per game. Evgeny Malkin is fourteenth all time points per game. And Yager's twenty fifth. There you go. I've I've honestly say like you can still argue like Yager is definitely like better. Play the crowd. Just like the, the the man has played almost twenty years, not twenty like twenty five. You know what I mean? He's played since nineteen ninety. So almost thirty years he's played. Even though I know he left and went to like Russia or something or some Czech league, but still to still be that good this late in your career and just playing for the fuck of it, that's pretty fucking awesome. Let me see. Scroll down. Scroll, damn it. Yeah, because Yager played back in the 90s. Like, he was the shit. He might be done. Did he sign with anybody? Because he only had, like, one goal, and I'm seeing here. Oh, no, he didn't even play. Oh, the last time he played was 2018. Whoop, my bad. So maybe he might, he might actually be done. You got to just play him just for a novelty. Like, whatever team signs him, it's just to, like... Say hey, we got this. You know, we got this HOF Hall of Famer. But clearly, like his best seasons were with the Penguins, with the Rangers. But yeah, I think. Uh, but yeah, the Pets should be good this year. I mean, they always are. So I have nothing to say about that. And the thing is, with hockey, it's just you got october november to say you don't really like get into hockey mode and it's like it's, it's like january january february when it just gets cold and it's miserable out you want to go to like a hockey game it just fits the mood better because now it's just you got football and like depending on how the season goes for the steelers like people might be watching it where either way they're gonna watch it fill it out but you know it's, it's like football till january and then after that it's like hockey till when the pens go pretty deep in the playoffs to like may then after that you watch Buckos and then the Pirates kind of suck by July and then by July everyone's on vacation and you're just waiting for the Steelers to start and you do that again and again and again and again until you die on that note checking emails <laughs> I got a little sad but um alright we got an email Rolling Rock Andy what do you say about old fogies 
drinking Rolling Rock is incorrect. My friend is 22, slim and pretty with a twinkle in both her eyes, and she drinks Rolling Rock. Well, that is great. Maybe she's the start of a new generation. Maybe. There you go. We need, I'm telling you, I, I've been trying to get them to sponsor this podcast. I've sent a few DMs on the uh, Instagram. I haven't got back. Believe me, it'll happen in due time. And he said, uh, here, also, and also, Rolling Rock is brewed in fucking Newark, New Jersey. What the fuck is up with that? Yeah, because Budweiser, um, Anheuser-Busch bought them back in 2006. So they don't brew them in Old Latrobe anymore, but it still says old, you know, and it still has the pledge from Old Latrobe on there. I hope they're willing to sell the brand and kind of open up the factory, but I don't know. I still like drinking it. Dude, it's so good when you have, like, that beer's just so, like, I'm not a smoker, but it's just, like, of cigs, but, yeah, if you're smoking a cig, what better than just, like, a Rolling Rock? I know it tastes delicious, but you get a pizza... You eat some pizza and then you down Rolling Rock. It's an inc- it's an incredible combination. It just works. It goes. Believe me, it's fantastic. I just got so like passionate right there. But um, yeah, I think that's the podcast this week. Again, email stoochcast at gmail.com. I'll post it in the link. Uh. Yeah, that thing about hockey with the lines. Somebody explain that if you are listening to this. I want to know more about how like hockey really works because I just I I say this every year and I never follow follow through with it. But I'll say it again this time. I'm gonna try to get into it. I gotta try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try to get into it. All right. I think that's the podcast. Everyone have a good week. Enjoy. Peace.